Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 179, and today we'll be talking about the Good Lars. I'm GC13. And I'm David. The Good Lars indeed. Good cook. Yeah, he's finally shaping up <laughs> to be something a fan doesn't have to be ashamed of, you know? Uh, this is the last we see of, of Lars in in his element, you know, on Earth being a pill, being a whiner, and, you know, being generally embarrassed by everything about himself. Especially emotion. Yeah. And even the slightest hint of genuineness. So how many times before had we seen... Was, was his cooking ability ever hinted at before this episode? Hmm. I don't know that it ever was. Okay, yeah. So Although this... there was the supposition that Lars made the donuts once they allowed the big donut to start making them at the store again. Yeah. So it's uh, not... It would have been <clears throat> interesting if we'd seen him cooking before. It had been a suggestion. I don't know. would have been an interesting line to follow, but it wasn't. It was just introduced here. I, what I liked about it, though, was how there was a sort of Steven Universe way of uh, him handling his problem of being embarrassed by it, where instead of calling out, like, what would otherwise be thought of as, like, the gendered implications of, like, oh, I can't, you know, like cooking because it's girly, like, they smartly just have him look at his problem as just, it, it, it makes it look like he's embarrassed by it for no reason, which is, in reality, how people should feel about it in the real world, too, where there's no problem with liking cooking, and there's no real reason why <laughs> you could, that you should be able to come up with as to why that would be an embarrassing fact about yourself. So I, I like that that's how he dealt with it. I guess it says a lot about Steven Universe that I never thought of baking as a gendered thing. I mean, especially baking. Right. Well, who Tell knows? Tell you guys. Right? So it's... That's good. I like how Steven Universe deals with things that can possibly be, you know, kids dealing with, like, trying to fight gendered socialization. But you were asking about whether... Lars being a baker had been foreshadowed in the show. I think it works really well uh, how they introduced it as just something that comes completely out of left field because he's ashamed about like exposing any of himself to anyone. So yeah, he keep definitely keep that from people. What? He has a hobby. He doesn't just stand around and look cool. <laughs> what a tool he is. In the similar manner, it was like, his embarrassment by Sadie. I'm still a little confused on if it's just that like cooking, he's just embarrassed because any aspect of him being revealed just embarrasses him and he just doesn't want his feelings visible. Or if there's actually, if he's specifically embarrassed that he likes Sadie instead of like super hot beach babe that he like <laughs> talked about, uh, at the beginning of, you know, a previous summer, you know, uh, I don't know if they're ever going to touch on that or not. I mean, the fact that everyone's going to know that I love baking, everyone's going to know that I love Sadie. Again, I think he's he doesn't want to be real with people. He refuses to let anyone reject him. They can't reject him if they don't know who mm. he is. Yeah, that's a good way of summing that up. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Lars, Lars refuses to be genuine, and his love for Sadie is about as real as it gets. And this this starts the branching too of Sadie just starting to do her own thing. She ends up hanging up, hanging out with the cool kids that you know Lars was 
Well, he did it one time. He was jumping on a trampoline in the backyard. But like <laughs> Sadie's really integrated into the group a lot better. And this starts her down the path of like being in a band, continuing her singing career from just her her failed Beach Palooza, you know, uh, premiere. I mean, really, we should say it all started with the potluck song. The, the Beach of Palooza thing was far too traumatizing to be the start <laughs> of anything. So it is interesting how she starts down her path of, you know, growing with them. And, and also her realization that, like, she doesn't really need to be fixing Lars or anything anymore. And the cool kids, judgment-free zone, gives her, gives her some space to, to do some singing without the whole town watching her. You know, I don't know how uh, awesome that beanbag is, though. Like, they were really, they were really (laughs) hyping it up, and nothing about the design of that beanbag looked anything more than the most boring beanbag I've ever seen, which was, for some reason, hilarious to me. Because they're just like, what an awesome beanbag. You know how cool kids are around beanbag chairs. (laughs) Right. It's just like Sarkoon's glow sticks. It's just like, gotta be, everything's amazing. That was great. Hooray! Yeah, I guess the plates are biodegradable, so... And he doesn't have to do the dishes. Mm -hmm. I I still like that they referred to one of the shorts in this episode, Stephen's special sushi. Wait, when does he point out his sushi? That's what he brings as his meal for the potluck. Oh! He brings the same sushi that he uh, did the cooking with lion short. I have missed that every single time. That's really cool. That's an interesting implication, too, that they can have that referenced. The shorts are real. Mm-hmm. Poor Lars. Steven, Steven even has to put his hand on his shoulder. Open up about your feelings. And he does, and he gets really confident for a moment there, and then as soon as no one else is there to pat him on the back, ooh, boy. That's a cool aspect of this episode, too, is that um, Lars might be self-deprecating, but his relationship with Steven here, he he pretty much respects Steven the whole way through. He doesn't, at the beginning, when Steven's, like, complimenting his cooking ability, uh, Lars doesn't lash back out at Steven and accuse Steven of being wrong or lying. He just self-deprecates. He's Steven. He likes everything. And then, you know, when there then you know steven has some talk about his feelings lars doesn't doesn't lash back out at him and then he actually you know tells steven wow you're becoming really smart similar to (laughs) pearl's uh comment earlier in the show so yeah that's nice (laughs) uh it's good that they are uh becoming more agreeable because they're gonna need it in space but yeah, it's nice to see episodes that emphasize steven's good leadership qualities because we've Seen some more episodes later down the line that seem to forget that Steven's kind of good with people. It's kind of his thing. Yeah, there was also um, just the idea of Steven sort of getting together people that aren't normally together, like Sadie with the cool kids. Uh, I don't know. That was like an experience I connected with, with just like you have different friend groups and stuff and that like weird feeling of trying to mix them together and then like the awkwardness of it. But then if it's like a success with Sadie that like brought real happiness to steven's face even though lars wasn't there he had sort of a bittersweet smile on that was nice to see do we have enough townies to make steven's 11 (laughs) have to count them up later make a note yeah well and speaking of townies so he runs around the episode again for a really short time and i still you know asking random people uh nice to see Petey in some way shape or form on the on the show you know 
Right. It's almost like that's the excuse for Steam to run around. It's like, oh, get to draw Petey and Mr. Smiley one more time. Like, I don't know. At least they, they made the joke that, oh, Steven remembers that he can just call Lars. There was no yes. reason to run around town for no reason. But that seems to be what Steven likes doing whenever something's missing. He just kind of runs around for a while. Maybe, you know, buys some chips from a vending machine and then eventually figures out that <laughs> there was probably a better way to find what he was looking for. Or in a case we'll see next week, uh, maybe the solution finds him. <laughs> you did mention the vending machine. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that really got to me also, the whole, you know, I maybe if only there was some way to contact him with my mind oh, or with my phone. It's like making making the joke that you have in cartoons that they seem to forget that they have technology like this. While also pointing to the fact that could Stephen contact him with his mind? There's still a lot more development for him to have on on those weird dream reaching slash empathizing powers. I mean, he'll probably reach the point where he can do that while he's awake, but right now he definitely needs to sleep on it. <laughs> Assuming direct control, and if only he'd assumed direct control of Lars could have busted him out of there somehow with mind powers. That's a terrifying power to imagine Steven actually getting in the show, just at will controlling other people while conscious. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Maybe maybe best to minimize the use of that power. Actually, I feel like that was in a like Danny Phantom. Because like Vlad could split into multiple beings and then could also inhabit any one of them. That'd be cool. Let's bring it back to a cartoon. Couldn't Danny do that as well? Did he get the ability to split multiple ways? I, I well, I don't know about splitting, but I think he beat Puppets' his father at least once. Yeah. Yeah, but what Steven needs is he still needs the ability to not be a vegetable while, you know, controlling someone else's body. Because it's not a very yeah. useful power if he's just standing there and then he just falls down <laughs> controlling someone else. You can have Connie defend him like she does in Save the Light. She's got the defensive ability. That would get complicated if they are fused as Stevani, and then mm. Steven takes over someone else's mind while fused with Connie. Connie has then full control over the Stevani body. Yep, um, that's that just gets complicated. All right. <laughs> mm. So, the the question about this episode that nobody seems to ask: How did Steven and Sadie wolf down the ube that quickly? I mean, yes. holy cow! Did they even taste it? Steven had not heard of a sweet potato before that day. So he was he was really into it. Yeah. I mean, I guess Pearl's little homeschooling of him never would have brought up human culinary stuff. Never the variety of potatoes. He just seems like a kid that knows a lot of food stuff, though. I mean, he makes like fish and cream cheese bagel sandwiches. Maybe maybe Pearl always called them yams. Oh, speaking of cream cheese, I mean, I, they 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 should have shown the cream cheese icing on that pumpkin bread thing at the start. They cheated by not showing any. Wait, why were they hiding it? I don't know. Shot? I don't know why they would even bother not putting it there. But it's it's supposed to be the pumpkin bread loaves held together by cream cheese icing. But there's no icing unless it is seasoned to perfectly match the color of the pumpkin bread. Mm, yeah, that's pretty weird. But there's a tuft of it on the top. You're just saying that once he takes a slice out, there's no cream cheese in the middle? Yeah. There's nothing holding the slices together. Mm. Comes out clean. 
the real mysteries of Steven Universe. Yes, I know that the cream cheese mystery. <laughs> I really need to see that in the background of like we've never actually been in Ronaldo's house before. Somehow, I need to see if we have Steven's pregnancy as a possibility. I want to be like the great cream cheese mystery. Yeah, that know? could be a Ronaldo short. I'm just saying. Nobody's talking about it. No, where where is the conversation online about the cream cheese people? Open your eyes. Mm. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So, but the cool kids, though. Uh, again, I, ever since they were introduced, when I when I saw the t- episode title Lars and the Cool Kids, I'm like, oh no, they're gonna add cool kids. Oh, this is gonna be so awful. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't. Thankfully, the cool kids were. As Sadie said, really cool. It was uh, those like quick in succession moments of realization she had right there at the end. It's like cool kids are actually cool. I'm a little bit like my mom. Also, I should probably not try to change Lars my, by myself. Was that, that that was like the most verbal and fast character changes that ever happened, but also the most believable that maybe I've ever seen in Steven Universe. Like, Sadie just learned some subtle lessons just in in the course of an episode. But we got to see her actively learning them without having to say it. And then at the end, she just kind of realized, oh, yeah, isn't that awesome that the cool kids just are cool? Yeah, I don't think that was something she learned. That was that was just her mentioning, you know, they, they really are cool. And that, but the, the whole, oh, no, I sound just like my mother. Yeah, that's interesting that Barb ended up having a, a use for Sadie to be self-reflective on her relationship with Lars. It'll be really interesting once we see them come back together, what this relationship is going to look like, because Lars has changed a lot, but also Sadie arguably has changed just as much. I mean, she's made some decisions without Lars being there about their relationship. Um, You know, I mean, one of the things that fueled them was, was her feeling like Lars needed growth and that she had to contribute to it um yeah so i i don't know where that leaves them when sadie has more confidence and well i mean sadie sadie pretends to be a zombie serial killer but lars is actually a zombie space pirate so oh the synergy there i don't think sadie's become too cool for lars at least and i don't think lars would ever consider himself too cool for sadie yeah, well, and the Steven Universe twist is always going to be that both characters are awesome and end up having an awesome relationship, and it doesn't have to be some toxic thing. Like, it's all going to turn out probably pretty well. Until Uncle Grandpa shows up and sinks that ship again. <laughs> you know, I... It's it's what, been two two years that since that April 1st premiere? Like, I would while. take another April Fool's joke episode. Like, really anything to get me an episode in the next month and a half, because... If we're still waiting on Hulu's premiere, I, I, I'll i take another sunk ship over just an empty, flat ocean. I want a crossover with We Bear Bears where Chloe and Ruby meet each other. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Wait, Chloe isn't voiced by... Oh, yes, yes, she is. Yes, so, but we They'd are... have to do the mirror thing where they're mirroring each other's actions. The joke is that they sound alike. They don't look anything alike. Yeah, well, it's not like Charlene Yee's had a hasn't had an abundance of talking to herself already in Steven Universe. <laughs> you know, this is what we need. Even more 
Charlize running around. Yeah, the Ruby Squad. Yeah, multiple Rubies and Chloe. <laughs> Just what we need. Yeah, that'd be good. Of course, Garnet and Ice Bear have to make poses with each other. <laughs> oh, thinking yeah. of doppelgangers. I was like trying to somehow pull out the instruments that the cool kids were playing with having any connection to the Crystal Gems. Because that was one of the first things with their introduction that felt sort of similar about them. Like Buck being sort of like uh, Garnet yeah. and Sour Cream being like Pearl. But I mean, Jenny was the one with like the weird wind instrument slash piano, which is yeah, not, that's more to like a fusion instrument like Garnet, uh, you know. So I don't know if they're really keeping up those connections. It was something I was interested in seeing paralleled through the course of the show, but uh, maybe they didn't take the opportunity there. Maybe there's been some character growth on both sides. They've grown away from each other. <laughs> hmm. But yes, then they we have the ominous ending with Topaz and Aquamarine rolling up on Sadie. Yeah. They really... It's an interesting choice to... I mean, not that it was ever going to be a mystery as to that it would be gems, you know, abducting people. But they give you really clear silhouettes this time and, and last episode where, like, I mean, you know exactly what they look like. In, in Dugout, it wasn't as clear. In this, it was, like, abundantly clear. Right. Like, you can see flying water gem. And, and of course, we get to see both of them next week when we talk about Are You My Dad? I'm not your dad. I'm a cell phone. We're <laughs> on the ground, Steven. Uh, that is, that's one of the better jokes in that I've ever, that, that one made me laugh out loud. So did you have anything else about the good Lars to add? I just want to say I love seeing the ATAT drawing in Lars's house. So any, anytime we get an excuse to see that, I'm happy. Yeah, all those drawings were interesting. They were, they were good to flesh uh, out on, on Lars's characterization too, in a way, because we see his like little pictures that he drew as a kid and he's like all smiling and holding the hands of his family so like we know he hasn't always been you know an angsty teen <laughs> so that's kind of nice to know about his life oh, i had something else i was thinking about uh yeah Lars just made bad choices about what to value later on i guess that falling out with ronaldo didn't help matters at all no that's true. We do see that Lars, at least by that age, at a preteen age, was already getting pretty conscious of his uh, of his feelings. So, mm. oh, I was gonna say that I think that this is also Lars for the longest time in this season had no speaking part. Like he'd show up in passing and, and not say anything. So I think this is the first. Well, maybe that was the new Lars. I can't remember if that was in the same season. Anyway, speaking parts for Lars are always good. So uh, this is is just nice to th that this actor has really shown himself to be versatile in Lars's sort of mopiness and also strength. There, there's also there's, it feels like there's been a little bit of a change from I don't know. Lars felt a little more one note towards like just the beginning start of season one with Lars and the cool kids. There's something about his voice that feels a little bit warmer and a little more caring somehow in these episodes that's also emphasized even just by like Lars's house and like the really warm tones used uh, once we yeah. like learned about his family and stuff I don't know Lars even seems to have just more of an orangish glow about him just like he's lightening up a little bit 
So I, I like seeing sort of, you know, even though we directly see Lars changing, there's sort of these artistic choices and even like vocal choices. So Lars is really becoming a good Lars. I like it. Woo! I mean, at the very least, he's got a future as a zombie space baker. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun to see him come back. And if he's fully embraced the cooking, that's like a, that is an award-winning TV show right there. I mean, how can a network not pick that up? Today, we're going to be making an excellent cake using only the ingredients stolen from this gem freighter. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And helping us taste test, the pilot of the gem freighter. You will unhand me, you rebel, after you try the cake. Wow. If Emerald comes back on uh, <laughs> Lars's pirate cooking show, I think... That'll be, that'll just be uh, the time for me to walk out on the Lunar Sea Spire. <laughs> that would be it. There would be nothing left to say about Steven Universe. Yes, we've reached all would peak have been Steven. Said. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> the show will never top this. So, is that all you had to say about the good Lars? That's uh, all the good things I had to say about the good Lars. Alrighty. Well then, everybody, join us next week when we'll be talking about Are You My Dad? Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, leave us a nice review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.